0: This is The Law School Show, discovering the person behind the resume, bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hello, and welcome to The Law School Show. My name is Nick Kreiper. Uh, today I'm joined by Dustin Moores. Dustin is a lawyer at Innovation, a completely virtual law firm. He's also a graduate of uOttawa Law, where he specialized in the law and technology option. I sat down with Dustin to discuss what it was like to work at a completely virtual law firm. As workplaces, including law firms, begin to accept hybrid or fully virtual models, it's important to understand their benefits and drawbacks. Uh, we also discussed the law and technology option at uOttawa. I want to know a bit more about JD specialization and whether it's something that um, two L's and three L's should entertain. I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Well, now officially we can get started. So, yeah, thank you so much for, for sitting down.
1: Anytime.
0: Um, not busy today so far?
1: Uh, it's been a relatively busy day. Um, I, I'd say every day is is busy in, in some way. Sometimes it's more just administrative and sometimes it's more actually doing like working on client matters.
0: Yeah, I, I well, and I definitely want to talk to you a bit about innovation first, but I or but first I think maybe the first thing we should talk about is a bit about who you are, a bit about your background,
1: uh, just so our listeners know who you are. Sure, yeah. So my name's Dustin Moores. Uh, I'm a twenty eighteen University of Ottawa common law uh, graduate. And um, I've been working at Novation now since uh, the fall of 2019. And so we're um, a privacy law boutique uh, firm based out of Ottawa and Toronto. And um, so basically the type of work I do is working with both uh, public sector and private sector clients and clients in the healthcare sector um, just sort of navigate Canada's privacy Laws and um, and work towards you know being compliant with with our laws here and um, I guess a bit more about myself um, how I got interested in privacy was through Professor Ian Kerr who unfortunately passed away in in 2019 but he was a, a the Canada Research Chair in um, law technology and society based out of uh, University of Ottawa and just an incredible Thinker in the privacy and technology space, and so I was fortunate enough to uh, to work with him as a research assistant um, during my time at University of Ottawa, and he kind of turned uh, turned my eye to privacy, and um, and I was fortunate enough to um, you know uh, begin working with with uh, Novation uh, just after uh, my articling um, in 2019.
0: What made you want to go to law school in the first place?
1: There were a few things. Um. So before, so it's funny, law is actually my second career. So before um, working in law, I was actually working in the music industry in Montreal for um, for one of the biggest concert promoters, I guess, independent concert promoters in the world. They're, they're called Ivenco. Uh, and um, while I was working there, it was during the time that Castle, um, so Canada's anti-spam law was enacted, and and came into force, and so through my role, I was working in in um, in web and marketing at uh, at Abenco. and so through that role, um, I got involved in a in a basically a castle compliance project, and was working with external counsel on that, and that really kind of turned turned my interest onto the law, and I had um, also a friend. Who had uh, who was in law school at the time, and it just sort of really piqued my interest. I thought, hey, this this sounds like a really interesting career path. Um, I had never really thought about becoming a lawyer uh, up until that point. I think the only sort of um, uh, <laughs> the the only sort of thing that kind of might've suggested to me that I'd have a future in law was a, a, a fortune cookie that I got once that said I would make a good lawyer. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it seems was, like uh, it goes one of two ways. Hey, you're either someone who knew you wanted to be a lawyer since you were like nine, or you're someone who you find out a little bit later on. And then you're like, oh, okay, I guess you just kind of stumble in. I guess this is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess, I guess the reason I brought you in today is I, I was, I found out about innovation, just stumbling around, looking around at at local firms in the area, and I thought it was such a such a cool idea that you guys are essentially, if if I've got this right, a completely virtual law firm.
1: That, yeah, that's right.
0: I, I yeah. Before before um before finding you guys, I didn't even know that existed. I, I had seen uh, a similar firm once out of Vancouver, and then I found out that they had an office and essentially. The only difference was that they just had clients who they would just meet over Zoom. They didn't like having them in the office. I was like, well, that mm-hmm. doesn't really count, does it? But mm-hmm. you guys do everything online, so it'd be cool to, to know a little bit more about how you
1: guys uh, function day to day. That's right. So, um, yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's an interesting model for sure. Um, there's some real uh, pros to, to to being a virtual law firm. You know, when the pandemic came along we were um in a perfect position did it
0: start prior or before the it was before
1: before the pandemic we were already a virtual firm so there was no pivot for us essentially when when it happened we were already ready for it um we were you know conducting all our client meetings uh using microsoft teams or or zoom you know we communicate internally using similar tools um and so we were, we were just ready, ready for it when it happened. And as it turned out, you know, a lot of our clients, um, needed privacy work out of, out of the pandemic well, as well, when they started bringing these type of technologies into their own, um, into their own businesses, um, they needed to make sure that they were doing it right from a, from a privacy perspective. So, um, it's funny, I think part, this, this probably would have been more of an interesting interview maybe three years ago, because, um, you know, a lot of people in the legal profession and in all businesses now have experience, you know, working from home and working virtually, right? Where do I go from there? I think, you know, well,
0: if- one thing, one thing I think just to jump in that I think you should give yourself credit for is the, the next question now, as we see in, in the media, especially like recently is uh, employers forcing people back to work, especially in the legal profession. And seeing how employees hmm. respond. I mean, I, I remember reading one article. It wasn't in wasn't in law, but it was uh, I think engineering, another professional field, where it was uh, one firm talking about how one of their rivals had basically mandated that they return to work, and that a large number of uh, those employees end up just headhunting and bringing them back right. to their firm. I saw right? that. Yeah, and and so I think. Yes. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see how people respond to this now. And I think one of the reasons it it's really good to talk to someone who's been doing it for a number of years, working completely online, is I think this is what people want to do and will increasingly want to do in the future. I mean, I know for myself, I'll I'll definitely need, I think, some, some in-person experience <laughs> for a little while as I go through law school and, and then start working at firms. But, you know, down the road, I, I don't see why there wouldn't be a benefit for for a lo- for me or for a lot of people where you had the opportunity to live where you want work and then obviously work by extension where mm-hmm. you
1: want um, by just
0: doing it virtually. So I think there is a lot of benefits.
1: Yeah. So th- there's absolutely, you know, a lot of benefits. I think, you know, the flexibility that you get from, from working at home is unparalleled, right. You, in terms of, you know, you save time commuting, um, you are, you know if if you're if you're feeling like you need a break you can just take a walk outside and and there's nobody there like looking at, at their clock and making sure that that you're you know um, you know abiding by by office policy or whatever right so it, it, there's there, there's advantages there i think my sense is that most places are going to go back to to like a a, a hybrid model cuz i think employees do overall value like personal connections and 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 like and seeing people in person but you know everybody's been used to working or a lot of people have been used to working from home for the last two years and there's a lot of things to like about it right and and like the things i mentioned so firms are going to have to i would say in law as well just like in any other field uh employers are going to have to probably be a little bit more flexible if they want to compete um you know, against other employers for, for talent out there and, and just respect their employees, uh, you know, lifestyle uh, choices, I guess, right. Or, 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 or desire to have a, a more flexible, you know, sort of work environment. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I, there were, there were some things I'm not sure if this is valuable and I'm not sure exactly how you're, you're going to edit your, your podcasts and stuff, but there were a few things I wanted to bring up. Um, I think that are, that are sort of more specific to law that you might not encounter in other sectors and that are things that um, aspiring lawyers and and law firms that are um, you know thinking of moving to an online model should have in mind before they go there and um, you know one of the things is lawyers have a duty of client confidentiality right Um, and so when you're moving into a work from home model there's certain things you have to keep in mind. Like you need a space to to be able to do it, right? If you're living with with roommates, let's say, if you're, you're straight out of law school, you're gonna need like a dedicated space uh, to be able to 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 keep your client files, to keep your equipment, and to make sure that it's it's not accessible to to you know potential uh, peering eyes, and um, and also things like. Uh, you know, having good technological safeguards in place. Um, so making sure that you have antivirus on your machines, you use things like VPNs, um, encryption of your of your computers, um, making sure that your networks are secure. So it, it you know, it's not just so easy as saying I'm going to work from home today, or for, for for net from now on. There are some things that um, that. That you have to uh, think about, and I would say if you don't have that expertise, and even if you do have expertise in in, in, in you know cybersecurity and security in general, it's good to you know get a, an outside advisor um, to to give you a, an assessment and make sure that you're you're covering uh, any gaps that you have in your sort of security program.
0: Oh, that's interesting idea, like an independent advisor. Yeah, yeah because I think yeah, it's one of those things where. it's you know, you, you could forget one safeguard and that's enough, right? And to, to seriously undermine like the integrity of, of, of confidentiality. Yeah. yeah I, I think, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's, I could see it being a, a cycle that continues to develop, right. As technology gets more and more enhanced, more and more are going to be expected of law firms as well. I mean, um, you know, I, it, yeah, it's not going to be simple enough as just to, to make sure you've downloaded Zoom yeah. <laughs> and uh, make sure that, you know, the
1: Zoom link's secure and there's no one else on the call, right? Like there's a number of things that could presumably go yeah, wrong. Exactly. And and I think another thing to to, to keep in mind is, you know, uh, working virtually, while, you know, it, it does offer a lot of flexibility in terms of like where you can live, uh, where you can work from, um, I, I don't think it would be advisable to any lawyer to, you know, let's say decide to work from the cafe around the corner every day, right? Or, because uh, again, when it comes to client confidentiality, if you're connecting to, you know, unsecure networks or just having people looking over your shoulder and what's on your computer screen, you're not doing a very good job at, uh, at protecting your, your client's information. And there's also just the risk of bringing, you know, machines into a public space, right? That, that things get lost or stolen um so those these are preventable things if you if you decide to work from like a a more controlled environment like like your own home
0: yeah i'd also i'd also wonder too just as a 1l if there'd be any issues with like the first example i could think of where there would be there would be a problem is entering a different jurisdiction right i mean if you're if you're perhaps in like i I know a lot of people would want to go on vacation or something like that so you know if they're trying to work from home while in mexico i wonder if
1: they would Potentially, be any problems there? Like... Absolutely, and and so this—that's a really good point. I have not uh, traveled internationally myself since being with the firm. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know the pandemic started shortly after I I I joined. But definitely, you know, uh, you should not be uh, carrying client files across borders, right? Unless they're encrypted, uh, and and even then, it's better to. Use a machine that has no client information on it, and then if you once you get to your destination, um, you know, access that that uh, your client files through a secure cloud uh, type system. So you yeah. avoid um, having border control agents, um, you know, open up your computer and potentially access sensitive client information.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you definitely need something. A secure cloud would definitely be one way that you could go around that. I could see that. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Very doable as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, one, thi- one thing I want to ask you, I know you were mentioning mentioning clients early on, was I, I, I was interested to see what you would say about your relationship with clients. I know when I initially reached out to you, I'd, I'd mentioned that in the email. Because one thing I had, I, I had noted when talking to a number of attorneys um, and, and their experiences since COVID was particularly how much the clients enjoyed being online. So I'd like to know uh, how you think perhaps they've responded to uh, working as an online law firm, because I know that you've you've worked on. both Yeah, sides yeah,
1: it's funny. So um, so, you know, my experience working at a law firm, uh, another law firm before uh, joining Novation, um, even at that law firm, there wasn't a ton of in-person interaction. It was a lot of email and phone calls. Uh, there was the odd client meeting. Uh, or we you know I, I was working in a firm that did a lot of um, sort of mA work and and and, uh, and corporate work so we would have clients come in for ink signatures when when needed sort of thing um, but uh, you know that the, the in the in-person interactions were pretty limited so I would say you know clients probably appreciate that the the, the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh oh, geez, the word escaped me. Probably a little bit. Are you thinking of maybe like speed? Yeah, speed and just the easiness. There's a better word for what I'm trying to say. But, the, the, you know, the, the efficiency. efficiency, yeah, uh, of, of being able to meet online. Uh, I think, again, I think we're we're in a better position now than perhaps before the pandemic just because before the pandemic it might have been a little bit exotic for some people right to have like video conferences every day now it's just it's part of it's part of the uh the fabric of of working in almost any environment so um people are familiar with the tools they're comfortable with the tools and so i think for virtual law firms like uh you know it's it's, that's that's a big um a big plus.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I also want to know how you would find it personally, because I know um, the one thing that people say is uh, when you work online, you tend to get lonely. Do you find that it's something like, are you, are you happy, for instance, that you that you've made a switch? Yeah. Before? So, so
1: I think that this that's an important thing. You know, it, it's it's. Um, I think during the pandemic, like for for students, like for people working in other businesses, it was difficult, right? Because you're your chances at in-person interactions are, are a lot more limited. Uh, we were talking about, you know, maybe working from the cafe before there, there was no, you know, possibility of going to meet a client or a colleague or a friend for, for a coffee uh, for a, a long time. Right. So um, I think for, for people that, that do decide to take the leap and, and, and work from home, it's important to try and foster those in-person relationships if you or, or interactions even if you can't do it through or if, even if it's not necessarily part of the job but taking that time to go out and 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 you know meet people do things that are good for your mental health right and, uh, take a have a hobby play sports uh you know go for walks um because you're right if if you don't do the, these types of things it, it can be a bit of an isolated uh, isolating job you know where you're you know in most most lawyers i know you know, work fairly independently, so there there would be limited opportunities to to sort of see other people and 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 meet those sort of um, emotional and and sort of societal or maybe societal is the wrong word, but meet that that those types of needs that that you have, you know, to to just be a social being.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point too, because I think you were saying like it can be quite individual and yeah, I, I guess it's sometimes it's firm dependent right in the type of cases that you work on and that sort of thing. But I, yeah, for a lot of lawyers, I, I would assume probably the vast majority um, you're working alone along a lot of the hours of the day and you're not communicating with people. You're doing what you have to do. You're looking at paperwork and these mm-hmm. sorts of things. So yeah, it's, it can be quite hard. And yeah, I, I that's why I want to ask you, I was wondering actually specifically, do you have any strategies that you use? Uh,
1: so um you know before, so my wife and i just had a baby in september congratulations so be, be, thank you yeah, before before that it, you know i would make sure that i was taking the dog out on my lunch break you know I, I do i take him out you know every every morning now now you know my sort of free time is spent with with the baby and so it's sort of between the baby and the dog and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and you know trying to see now now that things are are sort of getting the pandemic is sort of hopefully it's its tail end and things are loosening up. We're trying to see friends and family a little bit more often, you know, other strategies when, when it's possible, like making time to to actually have in-person meetings every now and then with, with clients, if you can. Uh, I know when you're working from home, you're probably, do you still, do you still work like at the office sometimes? We don't have an office. We, we, you guys don't have no, an office we, we So we, wow. we work from home. Um, we do have, um, a, uh, a service that we use to, let's say, uh, you know, it's a, a basically a mailing address that we use, like a virtual, like a, a virtual office service that we use. Um, so that's where, you know, we receive our mail, uh, they do, if we need to book a conference room or something like that, that, that type of service is available. So, um, that's, that's, you know, a, a, a thing that, um, any sort of virtual law firm can do, right? There's a lot of these sort of co-working spaces. But again, when it comes to client confidentiality and stuff, you want to be sure that if you do decide to use sort of a co-working um, environment, that you're able to make sure that your, your networks are secure, that you're in a, in a sort of secure space so that others don't have access to your, uh, your client information.
0: So, so you are saying that you would, sometimes you would be able to, to meet clients in person. Is that what you would do then? Like kind of just get one of those conference, conference spaces and then sit down with them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you can do it that way. Uh, A lot of clients themselves will have meeting spaces at their offices that that you can use. If it's a less formal thing, you could meet at, you know, at a, a cafe or a restaurant, right? So it's, it doesn't always have to be, um, Obviously, if you're if you're if you're discussing sort of sensitive matters, you wouldn't want to be in a public space. But um, if it's just a matter of sort of fostering that that relationship with your client, then then I would say those are you know totally acceptable <laughs> options, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's interesting. So you guys don't even have an office at no, all.
1: No, so imagine, yeah. It, so you know, one of the huge advantages of of being a virtual firm is that um, you know it cuts your overhead uh significantly and um so that's you know probably one of the the, you know the single biggest financial benefit of of um of having a virtual firm there was something else oh another another good strategy is you know attending conferences you know to to network to meet new people to meet you know uh like-minded or not even like-minded but to meet you know people in in the industry um Th- that's a you know once once things are kind of back to normal that would be a really good strategy. Obviously, you know over the past few years, all all the conferences have been online, which um I you know personally I don't find as satisfying as as being there in person. But uh, so that that's another important thing. It's a, a great way to network as uh, as a as a new lawyer, especially.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true, and yeah, I I, th- I feel like uh, I haven't had even go- it's it's crazy that I'm almost finished my. Uh my my first year of law school and i haven't gone to an in-person like firm event or anything like this like it's it's it feels so it feels so weird um and especially because i mean there'll be panels and things like this but you'll kind of sit down and it's one of those uh, you see on zoom where it doesn't even have like the participant number or it's really just like a chat box and then you see six faces it feels so you feel so removed from the experience so it'll be nice when when that comes back yeah, to normal for sure but, um yeah, one th- one thing actually, while well, I remember, it'd, it'd be really interesting to talk about. You're you're mentioning like the the, re- the the reduced costs of like overhead and stuff like that from working completely online. Do you find? And, and maybe maybe I don't know if this is this is your expertise per se, like your role in the firm. But do you find it's difficult to recruit clients when it's completely online? Because one thing I thought of is, you know, for me, the um, I, I was from Kelowna, B.C. And uh, the, the way that I found out about the firms in my city was I would just drive through the mm. city and, you know, they'd be. So it was, it was the physical location of them that ended up being the biggest selling point or the biggest source of, you know, this exists. This is the information that I now mm. have. So do you guys find that that's maybe an additional challenge that you guys have to try and find new clients in a, in a different yeah, way? Yeah.
1: So um, I think for myself, it, it, it it's a challenge um, because Uh, I'm not as established as, as the other lawyers in our firm, right? So I'm um, going into my third year with the firm, but basically entirely during, during a pandemic. So, you know, if I would say for established lawyers, like the, the lawyer, the other lawyers in in my firm are very, you know, highly regarded. They, they are known as, as, you know, some of the top minds in, in the field. And so, um, thankfully for them, you know, a lot of the work is just it comes in through word of mouth. So they, you know, their clients mm-hmm. um, hold them in pretty high esteem, and when they talk to you know their contacts about you know who's a, who's a good privacy lawyer to to consult with, they're they're referred to. So uh, I would say for for newer lawyers, it's it's probably more difficult, um, and then you know things like. Like LinkedIn and attending conferences, trying to speak um, is is important. But again, you know, there's limitations there. So um, I'm just trying to think. There there are you know obviously other ways of, of getting your name out there. Uh, you know, being part of um, let's say the law societies or or, 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 or or let's say the Canadian Bar Association or Ontario Bar Association, writing articles for those types of publications. Um, Giving talks, talking on podcasts, you know, <laughs> a, a, anything. There, yeah. These are all, all important tools for for new lawyers to to uh, you know establish their credibility and get their names out there. Um, but I think that, you know the number one thing is doing good work, right? And 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 making sure that your clients are happy, and that um, you know that way you get uh, they'll refer your name out to uh, to their contacts. I think that's probably the most valuable marketing
0: tool yeah yeah well i guess there's no there's no substitute for for good work right at the end of the day and yeah i i think what you said is 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 fairly true regardless like some good general advice for for finding um for or for advertising yourself as a as a young lawyer because it's as you try to go out there, not a lot of people know who you are. Well, one thing I wanted to know is if the firm does any sort of like internet advertising as far as like the first thing I th- what I thought you would say, honestly, was like, they're going to mention that they're on Facebook or Instagram
1: or Twitter or something like this. And yeah, so I think li- like LinkedIn is probably our most, um, you know, the, the online marketing tool that we use most. So just, but it, I, I don't think we pay for. I don't think we pay for for advertising on on LinkedIn. I think it's all like sort of organic posts. So if we you know if we have a new article on our blog, we'll we'll speak about it, um, or we'll you know communicate with other uh, lawyers and you know other I guess privacy minded organizations on 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 LinkedIn. Uh, you know that's kind of it. I think you know I'm not sure what other I'm not as involved in in the sort of marketing end of things. Um, but I think, you know, things like sponsoring events, I, I believe our firm does every now and then. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, um, but you know, we're not out there buying Google AdWords or, or, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing Facebook ads or anything like that. As far as I know. Yeah. The how to lose weight <laughs> two days type yeah. Yeah, type advertising. Fair enough.
0: Well, I feel like I've, we've covered, uh, Quite a bit as far as the um, the firm goes, and that I think that will be more than enough uh, as as far as that goes. But I would love to switch gears and talk a little bit about the law and technology option. Um, I thought you'd be a, a, I mean, you're basically the perfect person to sit down and talk to because you're actually working specifically with this. Uh, And so for someone like me who has a bit of a, I don't have much of a tech background. I, you know, I've 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 done a bit of coding in like university and things like this. I. I built my own computer, but that's more hardware. That's not related to probably anything <laughs> I'll be doing in practice. But it, it would be interesting to get your perspective on the the law and technology option, and maybe it would be good just to to give us a bit of a background on, on your experience with that.
1: Yeah. So so really, I would say you know the way that that it works. If you're if you're someone who thinks that they want to work in in law and technology, I think probably the the biggest well, aside from the whole learning aspect, right? Because you're going to be able to take Courses with um, you know people like Michael Geist or um, I'm trying to uh, Teresa Scassa. There's some really really uh, and you know before Ian Kerr, there's some you know really top minds at University of Ottawa that you can learn from. Um, there's also uh, Florian Martine Um So you're basically in the best place to to learn about law and technology if if that's something that interests you. Mm-hmm. And I think what the uh, the option in law and technology really does is it, it, it's a, it's an outward symbol a signal right to potential employers uh, to other lawyers that hey you're somebody who who is interested in this um, and uh, and has now some some level of expertise because you you know through through law school you will get some expertise through the the courses you take in in, in those. Um, in 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 law and technology subjects right so i would say you know as as like a a soon-to-be grad it's like a really good marketing tool right it's one other thing to sort of show to employers that hey this is something that that i'm really into
0: yeah do you think it's something that you should take only if you've set your mind on working in a specific like for instance if you just want to work directly related to like for 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 instance you work in privacy law if that's something directly you want to work in you know that that's what you want to work in then that's what you should do
1: Um, I would, I would say like, uh, no, I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's, um, what's the best way to answer that? I think any student who's considering doing, doing it, who let's say is, is not certain if they want to go into law and technology, I would say, first of all, that I don't think it would ever hurt you, but you, there's there's the opportunity cost of the of the courses that you might not take that you know might be in uh, more geared towards a career path that that you want to take right so um, you know I, I probably would have taken an environmental law class if if I hadn't had wanted to to go into law and technology that's something that also interests me but i wanted to have the the option right and i think probably more due to like scheduling conflicts than anything i i I, it just didn't work out so um you know that's that's just one thing i would consider is is you know is this gonna prevent me from doing something else that i that i you know or is it gonna hinder me from learning uh, you know in another field that i'm that i'm potentially more interested in um i and i think there are there are other options. If I'm not wrong, I think there might be like a public law option. Um, I'm not sure if there's an environmental law option. But Yeah, I, th- I think there might
0: be. And then there's like a, a poll, I think there's one to do with like public policy and things yeah. like that,
1: something around that I'm, I know, I'm not getting it. Yeah. right. So I but... think any, and you know, if if one of these options sort of aligns with with your preferred career path, then absolutely go for it and and if you know if you're not sure i think it's just it's it can't hurt right like it's 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 you're going to be learning it's going to be interesting um and a lot of what law school is about is just kind of you know building sort of a framework for for yourself and and also learning how to learn too right because you know, when you're a lawyer, you're kind of also a professional student, you're having to learn about things that you might not have been familiar about before, um, every day. So it's, you know, whatever you decide to do, and uh, if you decide to challenge yourself by taking this law and technology option, it's going to be, you know, beneficial to you later on, for sure.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I really think it's a thing of, um, yeah, you're trying to I can't remember how you put it, but it's just essentially you're, yeah, you're building this arsenal for yourself, right? Uh, and you're trying to to get as much of these little tools that you can. And yeah, that's what that's interesting that you put it that way because I I've heard from some people. There's I, one person I'm thinking of particularly who was so he was so sure that you should just be taking like the most general courses. And he had mentioned the idea that uh, the benefit of that is that you're able to draw on other areas of law, like for instance, um, I think he mentioned one where he had used a not what it was, but something, something, an idea he had learned in tort law and something that he was dealing with, like a public matter. And he had used that idea and then it had carried him across. And it was some, some odd specific tort class that he had taken that ended up that carrying him along. And yeah, I, I wanted to know your thoughts on,
1: on something like that. Like, did you, do you feel like you missed out on some general courses by taking me? No, college? no, I don't. Cause I, I think, I think the the law school program did a pretty good job of, of, you know, giving you well, of ensuring that you take sort of like the basic fundamental, uh, law courses. Uh, but I, I, you know, that, that point that you brought up about, you know, being able to take something you learned in, in one area of the law and apply it in another area is super important because, um, you know, let's say, let's say, you know, in, in, in a field like privacy law. And if you take a law, like, uh, the personal information protection and electronic documents act, which is our private sector, the federal private sector privacy law in Canada, you know, not every provision of that law has been interpreted by a court, let's say, right? And so it's important to be able to think, okay, well, you know, this provision hasn't been interpreted um, in the context of, of that one law, but hey, maybe there's a parallel in another statute, right? Or another area of the law. And like how courts looked at uh, or interpreted that right, and then you can say, well, or you can come back if, and and argue that the interpretation within Pipeda, let's say, should be consistent with how um, that similar provision has been interpreted by the courts in another law, right? So it, it, these types of uh, uh, that type of thinking is is really important, and it it allows you to be uh, you know a more creative lawyer um, as well, right? If you're taking the concepts from From other areas of the law and being able to apply them
0: is that something that you find yourself doing frequently like touching on different areas of the law
1: um not enough i would say Uh, it's something that probably also comes with with more experience and it's it's something for myself at this point i'm finding i need to be uh, more conscious of right because it's easy to if you're working you know on a tight deadline um to just kind of try and zero in maybe too much and not think more more broadly um so uh yeah not something i would say i I do enough in my practice as of now but it's something i want to incorporate into my practice more
0: yeah yeah and i get yeah i think you're right it just is that's something that's going to take time right it's um as you as you develop more as a lawyer, you'll know what to draw on and mm-hmm. then and then, yeah, I go from there yeah i I'm just looking here. I don't think I have any more questions for you yeah, the idea you had no no aspects of your job that are in person essentially now other than perhaps a client meeting. yeah that's so that's so interesting yeah yeah and do do you live in Ottawa now? I do uh, or in, in yeah Australia? in Ottawa yeah have you ever thought of uh, of moving just because of uh, you could, if you want. Yeah, so it, it's funny. I,
1: I had thought of of moving. Um, I, well, first of all, I, I do love Ottawa, but um, I'm not sure how much you're... Well, yeah, I think everybody's aware that the cost of living is extremely high and the cost of buying a home in any major Canadian city right now is almost prohibitive. So, uh, you know, at a certain point, we were looking at uh, maybe crossing the border and moving into Quebec. Um, But as it turns out, um, and this is another thing to consider for, for virtual lawyers uh, that would have tax implications for our firm. um, As uh, I think I'm not entirely sure of the specifics, but I think the, it would have, the firm would have qualified as a Quebec, as a Quebec firm. I'm not sure what, what the, yeah. Interesting. Just from having one employee. Yeah. Or... So, yeah. So, so there, there could, you know, anybody who's considering, you know, being licensed in one province or providing advice in one province and living in another, there could be potential tax implications. Uh, so you should be uh, consulting with, with, you know, an expert on that before you make the leave. And then um, the other thing is, you know, Unfortunately right now, um, you know, if, if your if your dream is to live in a really rural area, there are connectivity issues. you know, we don't have high speed internet in every corner of the country yet. So um just make sure that if you're gonna be doing Zoom meetings every day that you, you have a good internet connection. Um Yeah, yeah. I know
0: I know just off of um just I, I have some family who's up north and I, I know um yeah, you have to use something called NorthTel, and I was looking at their prices one time. It's like I wonder how much it costs to look at uh, to get like connectivity up there, right? If you're ever if you're ever up there, and it's it's egregious, like compared to what you're paying here. It's I mean, it, just to have like what we would consider like barely workable Wi-Fi is going to run you so much of yeah. Money. So there's yeah, you run into like all these other problems. Yeah. But, but you know, then again,
1: your your mortgage would probably be a lot less yeah. <laughs> up up there than than if you were living in Toronto so you probably you probably end up saving in the end i'm just trying to think if there were any other things i i had sort of jotted down some ideas for you just things that i thought um you know might not be top of mind yeah, for people when, when they're thinking about you know being in a um a virtual firm um one thing is to you know think of what type type of arrangement you have with your your employer or your firm so are you going to be an associate at the firm and be an employee or are you going to be uh, an independent contractor essentially so that that's um, the type of situation I'm uh, I'm in I'm a, of counsel at the firm so I'm an independent Contractor working with the with the law firm
0: that makes more sense considering what you were mentioning with the the uh, with Quebec yeah
1: and so it, it also provides more flexibility for the firm right so if you're planning on establishing your own firm you probably don't I mean I you and you want more flexibility you know when you have employees there's certain you know obligations right there's employment law will will apply so. Um, or the Employment Standards Act, I guess you should say, so, and other sort of uh, obligations. So uh, there's that to, to, to take in mind. And then, you know, there's also, uh, because I'm an independent contractor working from home, there's tax implications for, for me, you know, and most of them positive, like I'm able to deduct, let's say, expenses that I have uh, when I buy computer equipment, or if I, uh, use software, um, for accounting or what have you, even, uh, if you're using a home office, you can deduct some of that, some of that expense from your, your income. Um, so there's, those are, are things to think about as well. And, um, I think that, I think that was kind of it. We, I spoke about that, the need for, for client uh, making sure that you protect client, uh, confidentiality and bringing, bringing in external expertise if, if, uh, well, I would think I, I would advise any lawyer who, who's planning to work from home to, to, um, make sure that they consult with a, with an expert to make sure that their, their networks and everything are secure.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know? Great. Well, yeah. Great. Excellent points. I think, I think we covered a lot in this, uh, in this interview, so I really appreciate you, uh, you it's sitting pleasure. down.
1: I'm actually standing up. <laughs> That, that, that's, stand, just yeah, that, that's 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 another another advantage too of working from home is you get to sort of pick and choose uh you know, your work environment and, and what works for you and uh invest in your own equipment. And if you want a standing desk, you don't have to ask HR, you just go out and buy one, right? So <laughs> Fair enough. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Thank you. My pleasure.